Han. It was me. Luke. Oh, Luke. You're all right. Where were you? In a minute, Leia. First, let me take care of these battle droids. Anomaly. Anomaly. This unit experiencing unexplained... Luke, behind you! It's another Imperial Walker! It's about to... lightsaber to deflect the blaster fire right back at that thing but it's still standing not for long lando don't tell me you can use the force against something that big of course size matters not the only difference is in your mind watch what's he doing now he's still standing how could we have missed him we didn't miss him he deflected our shots with that saber thing. What's he doing? What, what's he doing? I told you, he's just standing there. Doing something. My power grid's gone haywire and turbo blasters on overload. Dump the power from the engines. Hurry before he... episode number 140 of Blast Points is Jason and Gabe. And yes, later we are going to be talking all about Dark Empire, the Star Wars comic series from 1991 that started 25 years of Star Wars comics with Dark Horse Comics and led to all kinds of crazy who knows what that's still going on today. But before we get into all that, let's go over the news. Let's try and dig up some Episode 9 news out of the corners, <laughs> out of the basement. talked about not saying there was not much news this week because that's going to basically curse us to having some crazy news come out before the episode comes out but as of the time of recording this it was kind of a slow week for episode nine probably because the solo with the solo stuff coming out i think once solo's out on blu-ray maybe the floodgates will open a little bit and we'll get some behind the scenes stuff i don't know what do you think that's a good point that it's like you can't always compare the marketing 
history of recent Star Wars movies and say, well, this is what happened before, so this is what happened again. But it is true kind of once one of them comes out on Blu-ray, then it's kind of like, okay, now we can move forward into the next thing. So, Well, and there's um, Resistance coming in the next month too, right? So yeah, Just a matter of weeks now. Official info on Episode Nine is probably not going to be coming out until after the solo's out of the way and Resistance starts up. But that never stops people from sending drones into the woods or cell phone pics. So speaking of, there was some great stuff over on Making Star Wars of photos of sets in the woods or just filming locations in the woods. And it it looks like we're going to be getting some scenes in Episode Nine that are set in forest-like area and it looked like they were adding giant fake rocks and vines to the trees makes you wonder is are we going back to takodana is this yavin is this something new i don't know what 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 do you think i don't know it's interesting because it's early so it just looks like a forest but Going back to a forest, we're kind of to the point now. There's been enough forest in Star Wars that it's confusing. <laughs> because at first it seemed like, well, maybe it'll be Endor. But then, yeah, maybe it's Takodana. Or if it's somewhere new, if it's just a forest, it's kind of hard to tell where you are. I don't know. It'd be nice if it was any of those places, really. I think I would rather it be an old place than a new place at this point, if it is just going to be kind of a forest. Well, and that got me thinking, too, of Return of the Jedi kind of went back to where it began. I wonder if we would visit Tatooine for any reason. Would there be any reason to go back to Tatooine? Or would we go back to Jakku in Episode Nine for some reason? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was funny with, uh, was it the Aftermath books where they made a big deal about all the stuff hidden on Jakku? Secret satellite underground installations and all that stuff, yeah. So now that they kind of went all out in those books with Jakku, I can't see them going back in the movies. But Tatooine would be interesting. I think that's something I miss in the new movies with the prequels. At least with the prequels, they did make a good effort to make sure every planet was kind of very visually different than something you'd seen before and each other. So you weren't as confused. And with Takodana kind of literally just being a forest, <laughs> it makes you kind of think, well, maybe that's where we are. But the, the, some of the trees with the vines and stuff seem endory, but they're not redwood. So, and I don't know, maybe they're just messing with us and they're just putting giant rocks in random forests just to throw people off the scent. It makes me think, too, there was so much stuff around Force Awakens where J.J. was talking about how it was like a fairy tale and I remember there were remember there were all those interviews where Adam Driver was called Ray like a princess and people freaked out and all that stuff. But all of this like trees with vines and all this stuff, it's 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 more fairy tale-ish. Kind of like the end of Force Awakens with like the forest with the tree with the snow falling on the trees and stuff. And I wonder if JJ is kind of going back to that. Yeah, that's a good point that I, I forget that even Starkiller Base, yeah, just had a forest on it so <laughs> i'm even more confused now where this could be but with those other spy photos that people may have may may or may not have seen it looked like maybe there's a grass planet shortly after filming began second unit director victoria mahoney posted the photo of just like a field of grass 
that they were filming. So she openly put right out there that they were filming on something that looked like a grassy planet. When we talked to Rinsler, he was talking about how that was an, an early idea for the beginning of Return of the Jedi. It was something kind of in Lothal a little bit, in Rebels. It was in the EU for a while as uh, Dantooine, right? Wasn't Dantooine supposed to be a grass planet? I think in some of the some of the video games um, and comics and things. So that's cool because that's something that's kind of in the Star Wars lore a little bit that we really haven't seen live action on screen. It would be cool to go to Dantooine. I mean, just in name alone. And yeah, it's been around in Star Wars history forever. Kind of like the old rebel base on Crate. Maybe the remains of the old rebel base on Dantooine. Maybe the Resistance would want to use that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that seems like a reasonable thing they would do is go find some of the existing bases if they're trying to kind of build up their forces again. That would be pretty crazy and kind of fit in with the sequel trilogy style a little bit if they ended up finding old X-Wings or Y-Wings or B-Wings or something to mix in with the new ships. Mm, let's bring in some B-Wings. <laughs> let's have battle droids piloting B-Wings. Maybe that's for wedges. Maybe they go to Dantooine and wedges there, like covered in cobwebs with a big long beard. Oh, you found me. I've been waiting. <laughs> it's there. He's just sleeping in a Bakta tank so he can stay alive. Who won the Space Baseball World Series? I've been waiting to find out. Do they have space baseball in Star Wars? They have the droid-like football stuff. I think all the sports in Star Wars are whatever they have in the bar in Attack of the Clones, right? That's like our window into the world of Star Wars sports. Maybe that's ball. Come on, let's go and play ball. Keep racing, Annie. You're going to be bug squad. <laughs> it's the ball world galaxy series of ball. <laughs> but you play it with a frying pan. Anakin's little buddies, they were ready to go. They knew what was up. Let's go play ball. It's like the soccer of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> it's Wedge and Tilly's favorite sport. He's been waiting all this time. He's just wearing a jersey in a Bacta tank. Corellius, he's his team. He's got like a scarf on and like a little flag. He's holding his frying pan in the tank. Episode nine's real weird. JJ, wild man. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if you people out there can hear it, but the solo train is coming. The Blu-ray, the home video, the digital. Let's talk about Solo. Han 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 Solo. So it's so close. Solo is so close. And what by the time you hear this episode, digital will be out. So have you decided? Are you going to do digital early this time? Or are you going to wait for the Blu-ray? As of recording this, I've got the digital pre-ordered, and I'm buying the Blu-ray because they make it so hard to wait. Even before the Star Wars show, like posted the deleted scene. Of Han crashing a TIE fighter and going before the weird Imperial Court. <laughs> I still had it pre-ordered. But that would have just sold me right there. Because that's one of the most fascinating and bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. And the Han and Chewie snowball fight scene. The deleted scenes seem really weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is fitting for the rest of the movie, but they're definitely borderline Attack of the Clones style deleted scenes where they're just out of nowhere. Like I'm expecting to see a deleted scene of Han having dinner with Padme's parents at Dex's diner or something. Han Solo, meet the Nayberries. I don't know. I, I haven't pre-ordered the digital yet. I keep thinking I can wait. With Last Jedi, I I had Last Jedi fever so hard I could not wait. And the fact that there was the director and the Jedi documentary to watch. With Solo, I feel like I can wait. But I think once it's in the wild and there's people watching it, I'm probably going to give in and get the digital. We'll see. You're not going to be able to wait. I know, because you're going to be sending me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, ah, darn it. All right. It used to be the same day. Where the digital and the Blu-ray came out. So you had your preference of what version you like. But now they know they can get us. And they got us. You buy the digital version. And then when you buy the Blu-ray, you get another digital version. <laughs> which you can't really do anything with. Because if you once, you know, you redeem the code, it's already there. You could guess you could give it away. But yeah, I wish they would give you a coupon or something for a discount on the Blu-ray or something. But the thing I like with that digital code is you can have it playing on like that Movies Anywhere app, and then you can listen to the movie in your car or on headphones. Yeah, it's it's probably worth getting the digital version just to listen to uh, the frog song with the right voice. <laughs> <laughs> even if I don't even watch the movie, I could just at least listen to the frog song. Or every Dryden Voss line. Uh, and Lady Proxima is going to be calling to me in my sleep if I don't. Remember the silo, Gabe? You'll be laying in bed at night with your eyes wide open, looking at the ceiling, thinking I could be watching Lady Proxima right now. That's what I'm thinking right now. I, it makes it especially hard with Solo because it's like, finally, it's coming out on home video. Like It only played in theaters for less than a month, which is far too short for a Star Wars movie. And I feel like it that was now like a year ago. Well, that's what's so cruel about this whole Disney thing is... We got so used to a movie. We got used to a movie a year, which seemed really fast at first. Then they threw Solo in, and we got a Star Wars movie like what every six months for a while. And now they're like, "No, you got to wait a year and a half." <laughs> it got us used to things coming out quick, and now what? It's been has it even been six months since it was in the theater? It's been. It's only been four months, and it feels like a year. And now we have. 18 months before episode nine comes out. Oh, but at least there's celebration in there. That's true. So also solo related released online were photos of Ray Park as Darth Maul and like some glamour shot photos. Yeah, those are pretty nice. I mean, I guess they did those a little bit for sequel movies. But I always feel like that's like that was the prequel movie thing of those like the promo photos of the people in gray background in their action pose and seeing Maul with his robot legs is pretty crazy. I feel like Crimson Dawn Maul, as far as like Black Series figures goes, is like the new like Luke Skywalker. Like why? Why haven't we gotten that already? Maybe it was supposed to be like a big secret, but now with like the secrets out. So, yeah. And like, where's the big vinyl fathead sticker of that to put on your wall? Everybody wants old Darth Maul hanging on their wall. I hope somebody somewhere is working on Crimson Dawn Darth Maul for celebration with robot legs. You know, somebody is. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah. It's going to be 10 of them. 
I want somebody who's figured out how to walk around Celebration looking like a hologram with like a little static line moving up and down them. Have we ever seen anyone trying to be a hologram or a force ghost? I think that's the next level. I would love to see three people as force ghost, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. Just walking around together. Hayden Christensen, Anakin only. Or maybe in the morning, it's Sebastian Shaw. And later in the day. Or later in the week. Solo is on the way. In a future episode, we'll go in-depth on all the Solo bonus features once everybody has a chance to get their hands on it. But I'm just super excited to finally be able to watch it again, be able to watch the train heist again, see Dryden Voss shake hands with Chewbacca, watch the Sagwa scenes in slow motion. There's a lot of goodness hiding in the, the crevices of Kessel. That might be reason enough. Bring on Solo at home, finally. Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Of not check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and new Han Solo, Ugnaught, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection from Kenner. So I remember a time in early, mid-1990s when people would be hanging out at Denny's and I'd be wearing a Star Wars shirt. It was usually like one of those like early 90s like white shirts with the ringer, with the blue rings on the sleeves and the neck. And I had like a Darth Vader one. You'd occasionally run into like another like person that was just like, oh, so you like Star Wars, huh? Usually the conversation would always turn to at some point... Have you read Dark Empire? Like, yeah. Then I guess you're cool. Because Dark Empire, which came out in 1991 from Dark Horse Comics, at that time was like the cool secret of Star Wars. It was like, yeah, this is what happens after Return of the Jedi. And it's super cool and super badass. (laughs) It still casts a shadow kind of on Star Wars today, though it's talked about way less than... The Timothy Zahn books, it doesn't quite have its foot still in current Star Wars quite the way that does, but it still does. I don't know. We're going to dig into it. But for those out there who have never read Dark Empire, the comic book series, what would you say is the plot of this story? Well, it was fun for me to read this because I had never read it before. And I think it was because around that time when these came out and the Dark Horse stuff came out, I had been growing up really into comics and really into video games. And at one point, I couldn't afford to do both because they're both expensive hobbies, (laughs) especially when you're like a high school or college kid. So at some point, I I made the choice to just buy video games and I stopped buying comics and I missed out on a lot of the Dark Horse stuff the first time around. So going back and reading this was was interesting. Uh, In the story, yeah, basically... 
Han and Leia are married. They already have the two kids. The rebels are fighting Empire people who are still around. And then Luke shows up and he looks all crazy. And then a force storm shows up in space. And Luke's like, I got to go into the force storm. And he goes into the force storm and the Palpatine's still alive. And he decides that he's got to give into the dark side. It's the only way to defeat the Empire Emperor and Leia comes to save him. And it just gets weirder and weirder. Is that, is that what you remember? <laughs> That's that, Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, and the Emperor is a cloned version of young Palpatine, but it's like young clone Palpatine kind of looks like Dolph Lundgren or something. It's not Ian McDermott at all. I feel silly because I never really made the connection that is this called Dark Empire just for the fact that it's Dark Horse Comics and because it's Dark Horse Comics and Dark Empire, they decided to go super dark and have evil Luke. That's part of the thing, too, because originally Dark Empire was planned to come out from Marvel Comics, which at the time Marvel Comics had not put out a Star Wars title since 1987. The thought process on the Dark Empire comic series really kind of started way back in the late 80s as writer Tom Vietch, which I think it's pronouncing his last name right, and artist Cam Kennedy got a deal to make a new Star Wars comic from Archie Goodwin for the Marvel imprint Epics Comics, which Epics was kind of Marvel's at the time answer to kind of the late 80s, early 90s, very kind of edgy, more adult comic thing that was going on there. Kind of started with Frank Miller and comics aren't for kids anymore, you know. But they weren't sure because it was, you know, the late 1980s. There were no toys. There were no books yet. There were no T-shirts, no comics. And the last thing that kind of happened were the droids and Ewoks cartoons. And even those were long gone at this point. There was no proof that anyone would be really interested in a new Star Wars comic book from Marvel. So they wrote a letter to Lucasfilm asking them about, kickstarting backup Star Wars comic books with these two guys. And Lucasfilm said, send samples of their work. And their original idea was that the Empire had some kind of imposter running around in Vader's armor, who was like con- continuing like their image of fear, which is interesting too, because that's kind of similar to what's going on in like the Battlefront video games with like the Emperor robots. Well, and a lot of the stuff is f- is fun to read about too because it's still even to Force Awakens like there were rumors that there was going to that Kylo was going to have a Darth Vader suit or Luke was going to be in the Darth Vader suit like that those rumors kind of have never died away. They're still out there every time a new Star Wars thing is about to happen. Oh, and I will get into this later, but I feel like every time anything new Star Wars kind of comes up ideas from dark empire get kind of shoveled back into the fire so i guess george lucas personally shot down this concept and he said why don't you guys just clone the emperor instead just have an emperor clone and they were like okay and lucasfilm even approved the whole idea of luke going to the dark side to defeat the cloned emperor which is funny because that's something 
Mark Hamill even was like talking about in the 80s. No, as an actor, that would be more fun to play. I just thought that's the way it was going from when we finished to I figured that's what will be the pivotal moment. I'll have to come back, but it'll be like I'll have Han Solo in my crosshairs and I'll be about to kill him or about to kill the princess or about to kill somebody that we care about. And, you know, it'll be, a, you know, it's an old cornball movie like World War II movies and stuff. And I was the one that said to George, you know, because I live in Japan, I said, I should come back having been trained somewhere with shaved widow's peak and a top knot, like a braid. He said, no, I want your hair to look exactly like it did in the other two. And they had a second idea for a comic also that also got shot down. And this one sounded really interesting of a group of Jedi that survived whatever kind of purge that, you know, it wasn't Order 66 yet. Nobody knew. But they banded together and were hiding around the time of the Galactic Civil War. And they were all being hunted down and eventually killed by Darth Vader. And they wanted to do a comic book series called The Jedi Chronicles based on that story. Oh, and that's how they kind of got on the idea of to set it shortly after the Battle of Endor. And also that's where the old Marvel comic what kind of left off. Also, like we said in the beginning, too, this was all before Timothy Zahn even started working on the Heir to the Empire trilogy. And Lucasfilm originally proposed to Bantam Books there be a novel series based on the Dark Empire comics. But I guess Bantam Books turned that idea down and said they would rather do a whole new story. And eventually Timothy Zahn was hired And he was originally asked to work Dark Empire into his books, which he refused. So then they somehow set Dark Empire after the Zahn books, which I don't know, all that old EU stuff, thinking of the continuity of it all. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I don't think I ever really realized how soon after Heir to the Empire was published that Dark Empire came out. Like it was both in the same year, right? Yeah was a lot of time period of new story all at least in just within months of each other it's like han and leia are married they have kids and then all of a sudden luke goes bad and they're pregnant with another kid all like very very quickly we went from no star wars to a lot of new stuff heir to the empire was may 1st 1991 and the first issue of the dark empire series was the beginning of december 1991 Yeah, real rapid fire. From nothing to something, just a couple months. So this whole thing is taking like a real long time. And eventually Marvel's kind of just like, I don't know. But the project's already moving along. So in comes little Dark Horse comic, snatches up the Star Wars license. Dark Empire was the first Star Wars comic to come out on Dark Horse, which began, what, 25-something years of Star Wars at Dark Horse, which we've talked about in the past is... They got a pretty rich history that isn't talked about very much at all anymore of some amazing stories that they put out. Yeah, there was a lot of Star Wars stuff at Dark Books. George Lucas grew up a huge fan of comic books. Indeed, it was comic books and comic art that were a major inspiration for Star Wars. Star Wars then produced this vast body of incredible art. So December 91, these things finally start coming out, featuring gorgeous cover art from Dave Dorman, which their idea was that they didn't want it to be like traditional comic art on the cover to make it almost look like a movie poster. 
on each comic cover. That makes sense. Now, looking at them. They sold really, really well. Tom Veach wrote a ton of supplemental material background stuff for the West End Dark Empire role-playing game Sourcebook. And a lot of this stuff is kind of what formed the basics of like a lot of ideas of the Old Republic, which a lot of people still kind of cling to with back history of Star Wars. And the comics, when they came out, it was that whole late 80s, early 90s comics thing. Cam Kennedy's art is still pretty freaking awesome and didn't look like your standard comic book art. It stood Dark Empire out from any kind of Star Wars comic you'd ever seen before. That stood out to me the most going back and reading this is just the art is really, really cool. The fact that it's watercolored and it just even now, I think it still stands out like it doesn't look like a lot of other comics and it still looks really fresh. Whether or not the words match the art, its quality is up for discussion, but the visuals are top-notch like across all the issues. This is your first time reading it. What what hit you with reading Dark Empire now in 2018? It's enjoyable, but it and maybe because it was kind of the first one, there's been so many Star Wars stories, it seems like that kind of followed the same kind of idea of what everybody does and and then having Luke go bad at the time was probably really exciting but now it just seems like the obvious thing to do in a way if that makes sense it's kind of hokey and cheesy but i guess that's star wars so i don't know i had fun with it i got it sometime in i think it had to have been 92 or 93 maybe 94 somewhere around there yeah and at the time i was just like this is incredible you know because there's a scene very early on that I think has kind of defined Dark Empire, where Luke walks out before he goes into the Force Storm, where, where, where there's this big battle going on. Luke Skywalker walks out, and before he walks out, you just see like a silhouette, and you think it's maybe it's Darth Vader because it kind of looks like Vader, and then it comes out, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's Luke!" And there's Adats like about to destroy like the the rebels, and Luke just steps out in front of these Adats. And they fire their like blaster cannons at him and he deflects it with his lightsaber. And then he just kind of holds his hand up and the ADAT goes crashing to the down to the ground. And I remember, you know, in the 90s, you were like, oh, my God, Luke Skywalker is so powerful now. It was the thing. And I remember, you know, the story always kind of was a little ridiculous with the Emperor being cloned. And, you know, Boba Fett was back for some unknown reason, still tracking Han Solo and... There was weird stuff with Leia talking to like an old dead Jedi via a holocron, which also FYI, this was the first time a holocron was ever in Star Wars, was in Dark Empire, introduced the whole idea of holocrons. But it's interesting now going back and reading it again, especially post Last Jedi, where Luke walked out in front of Adats. I, In my opinion, what he does in Last Jedi is much more... Jedi-like. Mm-hmm. I agree. Reading Dark Empire now, it's kind of like the people who were disappointed with certain aspects of Last Jedi, it's almost you read Dark Empire and you're like, well, this is what they wanted. Or how much of this was in just people's subconscious of this is what happens after Return of the Jedi. And these are the way these characters should be. And this is the kind of story it should be. 
Yeah, that was one of the things. Well, a couple things. One, just the fact that like going back and reading this, it didn't have any like any of the weirdness of like going back to Shadows of the Empire, where you're kind of like, uh, some of this is kind of gross <laughs> and creepy. Like it didn't really have any of those issues. It has the best that Star Wars EU can be, and some of the worst kind of all all mixed in. It, it has the highs and the lows. But it was really interesting to see how much this is definitely in the back of people's minds working on the sequel trilogy stuff. I get the feeling Ryan Johnson probably read this at least once. I won't say with Force Awakens, too, with J.J. and the whole crew. Like, there's echoes of the sequel trilogy in here, way more than I thought there would have been, which is some of the visuals and some of the things that happen. Like you're saying, with the, the Luke coming out and standing in front of the AT-ATs is kind of right out of Last Jedi, other than what happens once he gets there. There's stuff in here, you know, Sith surviving post-Return the Jedi, which we still don't know what the deal is with Snoke. Holocron, there's even in the very beginning war droids or essentially like battle droids on a field. There's the the space dogs from Solo running around out of a truck. It seems like there's a lot of kind of Solo influence stuff in here. Actually, I, I thought it was kind of cool to see the trucks because it's, it's always odd to see wheels in Star Wars. Leia uses the force. And there's even a part where Luke kind of astral projects himself. When I got to that point, I was like, oh. It wasn't just from Escape from L.A. <laughs> it was from Dark Empire also. He's not even here. He's a hologram. Catches on quick, doesn't she? If somebody took the script from Dark Empire and made it into a Star Wars movie, as much as I have liked the comic for the past 30 years or whatever... If Dark Empire was made into a Star Wars movie, it would be the worst Star Wars movie ever made. Even if it was made when the actors are the age the characters are in the book. It's the movie I think some fans would have wanted. It doesn't have like the childlike quality that Star Wars movies almost have to have. It's, it is more science fiction and it is more, quote, grown up. And it is, like I said in the beginning of the episode, it's like badass. It's not goofy. It's not ridiculous. It's not silly. It's a kind of almost everything you would expect to happen in like Star Wars is now for grownups. We were kids when it came out, but we're not kids anymore. There's a there's a few silly things in there we could talk about. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, at least with Luke, it's all in the Emperor. It's all serious and grown up going to the dark side. But this kind of what you're saying goes back to I think we've talked about before that it's unfortunate in a way that the new Disney Star Wars stuff is trying to keep everything interconnected and somewhat like in canon with each other that there really isn't the freedom of the comics to just do crazy stuff that doesn't necessarily have to go with anything else but i do like the idea of how the legend stuff can live with the other stuff because it is just like it's stories people tell other people that they heard and they don't necessarily mean that it's true but somebody told me this story about luke skywalker and it's Dark Empire. It probably didn't happen, but this is the story somebody told me. Because I was Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master. A legend. The galaxy may need a legend. I need someone to show me my place in all this. And you didn't fail Kylo. Kylo failed you. 
I won't. As you were going through it for the first time, what was some of the stuff you found that kind of connected to the other movies and kind of talk about some of the the possible lasting bizarre influence Dark Empire has had? Like I said, I was surprised how much stuff jumped out at me. Like the world devastators are pretty much the big ships from Rebels that they stole. That was like eating, burning up all the grass and everything. Oh, yeah. With Lando and the Rebels controlling stolen Star Destroyers. That was one of the big Force Awakens rumors for a while that Han was going to have a Star Destroyer. The uh, Commander Cleave or Clev is pretty much Kennedy, who's controlling one of the world devastators and he's got the red lights on him and everything. It's like Kennedy's cousin. When Leia first talks to Luke and he kind of, she thinks she's talking to Vader and he kind of morphs into Luke. is very similar to the Anakin morphing into Vader force ghost that they were working on uh, in the concepts for Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I know we didn't really get a scene like this in Solo, but the fact that they went to uh, the hut planet to what, Nar Shada, we get to go to Han's apartment. That seems like something that could have been in Solo. I really like the old lady who gives uh, Leia a pencil box. I think <laughs> she gets back to school. Here's here's a box of pencils, Jedi lady. Yeah, Boba coming back was kind of ridiculous. And I like the fact that they made the effort to bring back Boba because he went out like a punk in Jedi. But then in this, he just ends out going like a punk again, where they just close the shield on him. And they're like, we're not working with you again, Boba Fett, or whatever. So I thought that was funny to go through all the trouble to bring him back and have him basically lose just as goofily as he did in Return of the Jedi. And Dengar is with him. So you can't complain. You know, you get Dengar, it's a two-for-one deal. I never knew I wanted to see this, but uh, an image of a hut falling off a cliff, basically. (laughs) I like that Leia has uh, MC Hammer pants, basically, as her costume. Well, you know, it was was the early 90s, you know. I'm a little sad we haven't got that in the films where it's just uh, Jedi Hammer pants. There's, you know, it's still episode nine. Yeah, maybe one. (laughs) Maybe that's why they cut it when Leia was the supposedly the deleted scene of Leia controlling what it was. The, sh- the ship was called the Sledgehammer that would break through the shield. She was wearing her hammer pants. <laughs> Maybe Which, she was dancing across the bridge. <laughs> yeah. So all the footage they have to use for her in episode nine is her in her sledgehammer pants. Snoke is talking to her via hologram and Leia just says, can't touch this. Can't touch this. Snoke, he seduced our son to the dark side, but we can still save him. Ray's too legit to quit. Uh, I like the fact that because we're always complaining about not enough Star Wars boats, and there were definitely a lot of Star Wars boats in here. And even the like kind of seaplane droids, a little bit of Revenge of the Sith kind of stuff going on. Uh, Palpatine's ship is pretty close to how the Force Awakens Star Destroyers, sequel trilogy Star Destroyers ended up where they have the Navy ship front. And yeah, I don't I don't think we can spend too much time talking about Bodo Boss. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Bodo Boss, Jason? When I started reading this, it led me down like the black hole of like the Dark Horse Tales from the Jedi comic series of like reading about like deep Jedi history and stuff and they brought like Bodo Boss into all that stuff. 
Oh, no. Okay. So now I'm going to have to read all of those. I can't help thinking about Bodo Boss because, I, yeah, it was, it brings me back to the 90s and like reading, you know, Dark Horse Tales of the Jedi trade paperbacks and being like, oh, yeah, Bodo Boss. Uh, uh-huh. I know all about Bodo Boss. Yeah, because that was the thing where it was like it seemed like it was the story was like all adult and, and more dark. But then Bodo Boss comes out of a holocron and it's basically the, the learning machine from Battlefield Earth. <laughs> I'm probably dead by now. Our superiors are close. They are so wise. Excuse me, but I am your instructor if you will forgive such arrogance, for I do not have the honor to be a cyclone. No, no, it was it was fun. And like I said, it was it's way more influential than I realized as far as just creeping into other things throughout the Star Wars stuff that's come since then. Well, even like the last panel of the comic is a close-up of an extremely intense Luke Skywalker face. And he's saying, the Jedi Knights will rise again. I I feel like kind of how Last Jedi kind of changed the way you look at almost everything Star Wars. It changed the way you can look at some of the old classics from the EU. And I don't know, I think Dark Empire definitely, it was the first the rebirth of star Wars comics, it was coming out like right hand in hand with the heir to the empire trilogy and yeah, it's influences and it's, it's sticky fingers can be felt all over the place. And we got to see Admiral Akbar talking to Mon Mothma's floating head. The plus in my book, any day, any, any excuse to see Akbar talking to Mon Mothma's floating head. And so the good thing is even though, even though it came out way back in 1991, it's still pretty easy to find. Like, right, it's on it's on the Marvel app, right? Yeah, the Marvel Unlimited app, which we've talked about in the past. I think if you like old Star Wars comics and you haven't had the time to read all of them or buy all of them, is totally worth the monthly subscription because I believe at this point they have everything Dark Horse. If not, there's a just a few things missing, but yeah, it's there. I think all three of the Dark Empire series are in there and almost all the if not all the dark horse stuff is there to read and there is a lot of it yeah so if you've never read it i would say it's definitely worth checking out just for its influence alone i don't know and if you have read it too let us know what you thought of dark empire when's the last time you read it and how does it hold up for you i really hope somebody makes uh palpatine's dark books that luke's talking about i'm gonna read his dark books like Luke did to hear all of Palpatine's secrets. It's all it's all just the lyrics to his musical he was trying to come up with. Yeah, where's the Sheaf Palpatine diary? That's a book I want. <laughs> I was working on a new hit song about the deflector shield. He sits down at the piano. Oh, quite operational. Uh, well, I think his plan before Luke killed all his clones is he was just going to start a whole band of all clones of himself. <laughs> the Palpatine boy band? Yeah, the Palpatines. <laughs> they were rehearsing their dance moves. I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Somebody, somebody called Jay. It's got another idea for JJ. The all naked Palpatine clone boy band. That JJ. Why is he so weird? Yeah, that's true. I, I, I didn't know I ever wanted to see a young clone naked Palpatine, but now I've seen it and I'm glad I have. 
Read Dark Empire on the Marvel Unlimited app. You can get young, naked, cloned Palpatine. I've got a visual on the target. We're approaching the sweet spot. Hey, what's up, Jason and Gabe? It's uh, Taylor Gray, uh, excuse me, Ezra Bridger here, Spectre 6, uh, reporting into Blast Points Podcast. Just wanted to say what's up, and uh, may the force be with you. See you guys. All right, iTunes reviews. We don't have any U.S. ones, so we're, t- we're going international for this edition of iTunes reviews. And like we've said in the past, but we'll say it again, international people, don't worry. We'll get to your review eventually. They're really hard to find in iTunes. <laughs> so sometimes it takes us a while to track them down. So this first one is from all the way in Australia. And it is from our friend Clover Nikon. And it's titled Bed Knobs and Broomsticks with a Hint of Dooku. Which pretty much sums it up. Uh, and Clover Nikon writes, Blast Points Podcast is an epic Star Wars podcast. Certain other Star Wars podcasts should take note on how to host a Star Wars podcast. The hosts will entertain you and each other as they come up with a different subject matter about Star Wars. Five out of five. All right. Thank you, Clover Nikon. Yeah, thank you. Everybody loves bed and broomsticks. Everybody does, right? Right? <laughs> right? Right? Maybe. All right. So next we have from the UK here, Jay Rennie writes, uh, Love your weird Star Wars. Jason and Gabe tackle the strangest things the galaxy far, far away has to offer. Their lighthearted, loving humor is what makes this podcast so great. Give it a listen because the Star Wars community is about family. And you are welcomed into the family through Blast Points Podcast. May the force be with all of you. (laughs) (laughs) that's great oh man thank you yes thank you no matter what country you're in you should leave a review for us on itunes apple podcasts whatever when you're done listening head over there write a little something nice and we will read yours just like we read those thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. galaxy far, far away. A boy and a girl on an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Strictly big screen stuff. From director George Lucas and 20th Century Fox. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. And these blast points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. 
website, blastpointspodcast.com. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And don't forget to join the Blast Point Super Star Wars Chill Group if you want to have 24 hours a day Blast Points adventures with other Blast Points super fans. We say it every week. People posting the best stuff on there all the time. We're getting new members all the time. Just keeps growing. People keep posting. It's the place to be on the internet. It's a Star Wars party waiting for you. That about wraps up episode 140 here. Talking about Dark Empire and Spooky Luke and Naked Palpatine. But you're going to want to tune in next week. We have a special episode coming up for you. Bring your dancing shoes. That's all we're saying. It's going to be a jam. (laughs) So, all right. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Join us, Luke. My third child. He's going to be a very great Jedi. Your child. This is the beginning, Leia. I feel it. Great things are coming. The Jedi Knights will rise again. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. May the Force be with you.